Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey No Chill Prano. How's it going, Andy? It's good. Did you get a haircut? I did not. All right, look. But I am getting the lines in my head this week. I've decided. You're not. I am. Even though everybody told you not to I don't do give that. A shit, bro. I'm <laughs> fucking 36. I'm gonna be 37. I'm ready to just do things. In fact, I was this close. Ready last- to just do things. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'll be honest. I went to the Reds game last night. You know, Reds Dodgers. That, that sounds like a conversation you would have, like about eating ass. Like, well, I'm 37. I'd be 38. I'm ready to do things. <laughs> ready to eat some ass. No, I'm 36. Ready to be 37. Right. First of all, I so last night I'm at the Reds Dodgers game and. Red's third baseman, Eugenio Suarez, love saying his name, by the way, Eugenio. He's got bleach blonde hair. I was like, fuck it. What if I just got my hair bleach blonde? Who gives a shit? He's right? a professional athlete, and he's definitely in his 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Who cares? Like, I- I'm-, I'm to that point. Okay. I'm not. Look, what do you want me to tell you? Give me something. I mean, I say don't do it. You're going to look ridiculous. That's, well, what I- that's what I'm going to give you. With the lines of the bleach blonde hair. You're not bleaching your hair as well, are you? I was saying, I was debating doing that last night on a whim. I saw how cool Eugenio looked, and he, he playing well for the Reds, and I'm like, man, maybe I could be a professional baseball player and Venezuelan. Maybe I'll just get the hair. I'll start with the hair. Okay, you know what? Do, do both. <laughs> Honestly, if you're going to do one, do both. If you're, if you're going to go for it, just go for it. I'm getting the lines. I'm getting just, just the fade. I'm doing it. You're going to do this at Supercuts? No, I'm not. I'll either go with EJ to his place in Inglewood, or there's some good barbershops around here that I know will do it. Yeah. That could do it. There's one on Main Street. I, I biked by there enough. I, I've seen the clientele in there. What, the one right here on Market in Maine? Yeah. That's where Big Gay Dave is now. Okay. Yeah. Big Gay Dave could maybe do it. Yeah, I wouldn't go to Gay Dave. He would talk you out of it. <laughs> he'd really? Be like, he'd be like, don't do that. Yeah. Is that where you go now to get your hair cut? Yeah. Will they charge a cut? Uh, I think it was 30, 30 and it and it like they had a notice that it was going up to thirty five, or it might have been thirty five going up to forty. But Dave's a Dave's a sole proprietor. He just like basically rents a chair, so ah, it's a different situation. Gotcha. Well, we'll see. EJ, hop on the mic here for a second. What's going on, man? So, what's the deal with with your spot? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a nice place. It's not a. I think it's a chain. I'm not sure. It's called Headliners. It's pretty nice. Okay. And like the the guys were really cool when I went. Um, so I mean they're nice. It's not like I just remembered my own features joke. <laughs> the last time Headliners came came up, I said I think at best you get your hair cut at Features. It was just as funny the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, tough, I, tough crowd in here. Yeah, I, I mean I'm sure they'll do it. They they probably will say something like what, but. I don't care, guys. That you know, that's the thing. Whatever. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bleach it, you probably have to go to like I'm, a I'm salon. I'm not bleaching first. my hair. Oh, okay. I was, but I was debating last night <laughs> on a whim. You know, whatever. Like I said, I'm young. 
I'm trying to. I'm holding. I'm no. I should. I shouldn't say I'm young. I'm holding on to it with maybe some crazy hairdos. Great. Can't can't wait to see this. Are you wearing Tommy Hilfiger socks? No, they're called they're called Fun Socks or something. Uh, somebody got them for me a few <laughs> years ago. I think they're called Fun Socks. Literally, I think they're called Fun Socks. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> so sports. How was your weekend, Joe? Before we get to sports, it, it was great. It was good. Uh, saw some dirt balls up in the bay. Saw uh, saw uh, what's his name? Mexican McLovin. Saw Jay Gonzo. Saw Wendy. Wendy, nice. Wendy came out in Oakland. Jay Gonzo came out in San Francisco. Saw Rob. I forget Rob's last name, but he's the guy who came out. Remember with the LeBron James socks oh, the I last time Le- we were there? I remember Rob, of course. Uh, saw a kid named Roger that uh, apparently doesn't have Twitter, which I was like, well, you got to get on Twitter. Then I would have known you were coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, some so dirt you, balls so, came out. So you met dirt balls. That's great. Yeah. I met Emiliano, not Dirty Sports. Yeah. Not dirty sports. Saw him at the Dodger game. What are the odds? He's sitting three sections away, right by me. Watch Ruther watch baseball. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was a typical. That was just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Wow. Along first base, the first baseline. Yeah, not dirty sports. Uh, always has some good Dodgers tweets. Yeah. He's, he keeps up on the Dodgers. He's a big Dodgers guy. Yeah. How was the game? It's good. You wore the Harambe jersey, but you you did not bring the mask. I did not bring the mask. Did you go solo? I did not. Went with a lady. <laughs> a lady. Uh, yeah, had a date, and uh, no better date than Doyers. She a Dodgers fan? She is. So uh, it was a good time, and uh, I do have a lot to say. Do you want to get into this now? Because I, I really want to talk about Dave Roberts. Before we get to NBA. Sure. Uh, you have been a critic of Dave Roberts for what, long, two, two years since he got hired? As, as long as he's been a manager. This is his third season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't critical of him from day one because I'm not, I'm not like, I have no reason to hate the Dodgers. Um, but the first year that he was the Dodgers manager... I you know I see a lot of Dodgers games I see a lot of Dodgers highlights here um it was very clear to me that he was suspect and then come playoff time that year it was blatantly obvious and then so I got on that campaign going into our baseball preview last year or maybe 2 years ago I forget which one it was but yeah. like after his first season I was like no, this is not. I think it was last year that I went started going hard at it and everybody told me I was a fucking asshole and then of course uh, you know, we all saw the World Series. Well, yesterday I got to witness it firsthand. And I've seen it too, but I think it's different when you're there. When you're, You know how it is, when you're at the game. So the Reds, of course, entered that series with the worst record in all baseball. Mm-hmm. They take the first two. Yep. It's a four-game series. Homer Bailey, who is just awful, is pitching for the Reds last night. He's getting... He's getting He's like not giving up a ton of runs, but he's getting hit a lot. Yeah, you know he's he's not he's not finding his groove. Whatever. Ross Stripling for the Dodgers, meanwhile, is mowing down the Reds. He goes five innings. The first five innings, he gave up one run. No walks. Just he's mowing them down. Six inning comes. He starts out the inning. He strikes out Joey Votto. Okay. 
Then the Reds get a bloop hit. So at this point, he's pitched five and a third. He's at 79 pitches, seven strikeouts, which was his career high at the time. Dave Roberts yanks him. And I said, it was one of those things where you're, obviously you're more of a baseball guy. You know more about it than me. But it was one of those where like I even knew. I, I, I looked around a couple of the Dodgers. I'm like, well, what are they yanking him for? It was a blue bullshit hit. And he, Roberts had had stripling bat on the bottom of the field. That was a single. Yeah, it was a single. Okay. But what's also important is he had stripling bat on the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, he does this all the time. With two guys on and two outs. Yeah. So why not just pull him then? So, so he doesn't pull. So, or, or so. Which, which, so the answer to your question in Dave Roberts' mind is he didn't pull him because if he had gotten through the clean inning, he would have let him keep pitching, but then a blue pit. But I understand if a guy, if you come up and the first guy hits a, you know, a screaming gap shot double. Yeah. But you're still in a position where, you know, you're ground ball away from a double play, like that, a blue pit. It's, and he just struck out Votto. And also, Dave, I mean, he's been doing this for he's been doing this for almost three seasons where he overmanages. He's pulling. He always pulls guys too early, except for Clayton Kershaw, who he like lets stay in as long as he wants and then takes him out right after he hits. And yeah, like, the, the same thing. So he yanks him. And the Reds then get for the next five batters get hits, including a three run home run. The three one lead they had. They're suddenly down 5-3. Yeah. Just like that. And people were booing. Everybody was... I'm like, guys, this is your manager. And they say, well, you know, Stripling is... Again, it was that pitch count bullshit. They were going to let him go 90 pitches, but he was at 70. He wasn't even at that. He was at 79. He was pitching a great game. Yeah. Makes no sense. Well, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to Dave Roberts because this isn't... Like, this isn't a first time that this has happened. He's been doing this... As long as he's been there, he's been doing it in the playoffs. He's been doing it. Yeah, he overmanages. I, I look. I noticed it when the first year he did it, and then I said it last year. And people are like, "Oh, the Dodgers went to the World Series last year. Oh, the Dodgers have won the division, however many times in a row. Five years, five, in a row. five times in a row. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they also won the division when Don Mattingly was managing, and they also went into the playoffs and choked when Don Mattingly was managing. Yeah. It's like they have a really good lineup." They're a very deep team. They are willing to spend. They have Clayton Kershaw. It's like they're set up to win, and now they need a manager that knows what the fuck he's doing other than like, oh, he's really great when when the lineup is killing it and, and we're really, really good. I mean, last year, beyond what I saw late in his first season, but all last year, they ha- they also had that terrible losing streak. Yeah. After, the ter- after the big winning streak, it's like... Well, he's lost. Look, I'm going to go this far. I know it's still early. Dodgers will not make the playoffs. He's lost this team. They just got swept by the worst team in baseball at home. Here's the thing I don't believe he's lost the team. I think he has. But here's the thing you. It's easy to be a good manager when everybody's hitting and everybody's playing well. Now you got a couple injuries, you know, uh, Turner started the season on the DL. Now Seeger's hurt. Kershaw's hurt. It's like, oh, suddenly you you guys suck? Yeah. That's what good managers are supposed to be able to get through this. Whereas, you know, bad managers, this is when they get exposed. Like anybody can manage. I don't know if fucking Aaron Boone's a good manager or not yet, because the Yankees are like catching fire. Everybody's fucking hitting. Yeah. So Well, he he's got some problems going on with Bellinger, for sure. So Bellinger, it's five three. 
Bellinger is the first batter in the ninth inning. You know, he benched him, what, a couple weeks ago for not running out. Right. You know, the double, which should have probably been a triple. It's 3-0. Bellinger, of course, has the take sign. Bellinger bunts. He has the take sign? You know that? Yes. Or this, this is a, this this is all, a story? This was, all, this was all in the press conference okay. afterwards. And Bellinger admitted. It's 3-0. Again, he's the first batter in the ninth. Was there one out? I thought, I thought I didn't think there was any outs. Okay, whichever sin there's one out, which okay. should be right. Regardless, he had the take sign for sure. So it's 5-3 at this point? It's 5-3. Okay. Bottom of the ninth. They have the shift on. Yes. Right. Bellinger bunts, ignores it. And he and he owned up to it. I straight up ignored the, the bunt sign. Or I'm sorry, the take sign. Bunts, he bunts it right back to the pitcher. Like literally the whole stadium's like, what is going on here? And then throws him right out. Then the next guy gets out right away. Game over. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even I I don't even understand bunting in that situation if you have if you don't have the take sign and it's 3-0. Who's why are you bunting 3-0? He'd already hit a home run that game. The either I I you, you have I, power. So I actually like the move of you're you're a two-run homer away from tying the game. So any base runner is a good base runner, but you're also one the, the guy's got to throw you a couple strikes before you're you know you you're about to walk. At least, at least see a strike before you bunt. Yeah. Whether you have a take or not. That yeah, that's just dumb. So I don't know what's. I going mean, on. apparently Dave Roberts is you know he's spreading, he's contagious. But my point is, if you have a young guy like Bellinger who's just straight up ignoring you, in a way you you're starting to lose guys. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it could also just be a personal thing. I mean, he benched him a couple weeks ago, and I mean, maybe it's just Bellinger who he's lost. You know. Yeah. Look, I'm not. I you know maybe. Are you tr- rolling them out though? Yeah, I already ruled them out. I ruled them out on dirty slides the last two weeks ago because I just think, uh, as, at least from winning the division, because they're sixteen the, and twenty-four. Yeah, now. and the Diamondbacks are fucking good. Diamondbacks have lost. Let me put it this way: the Diamondbacks have lost five in a row. They're still eight games up in the Dodgers. Yeah. So it's it's not a good situation. But I saw this article. Actually, I should. But do I want to hear. The, the, okay, tre- yeah. get, let's get Trevor on the mic because I want to hear. Because I want to know from a Dodgers fan. I you haven't really been like a. You haven't really been standing for Dave Roberts. You're not Trebelli no. or whatever. But, no. Um, <laughs> Trebelli stopped listening to the show because I said Dave Roberts stinks. He texted me today, by the way. Yeah. He, he was all happy. At, he was at the. Uh, what, what are they called? What's the new soccer team? FC. Oh yeah, LAFC. LAFC. Like he was there. Yeah, no idea what it means, but football he, club, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he was there. So, what has has Dave Roberts fully lost the team, Trevor? I don't know about lost the team. I think it's like, I think like morale's not good. It's just like a bad vibe in like in the dugout, like in like in you know in the locker room, and everything. I just you gotta hope that like once Justin Turner comes comes back, they can kind of turn it around and make everything a little bit better. I don't know. Like I said, I've never been a big Dave Roberts fan. I've always thought he's a little whack. <clears throat> Bringing especially that Kershaw move last year, where been all. I don't know. I, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I can tell you that much right now. We'll have to see. But I mean, you can't. Again, you. I'm not saying that it could. You couldn't turn around. You get you get swept at home by the worst team in baseball. And these games, they were dominated in most of these games. Yeah. You know, I watched all of them. It's just, I don't know, man. It, it, it sucks. By the way, Dodgers fans, I know we harp on it, but jeez, that, sta- that stadium completely emptied out. They're down 5-3. to three. Yeah. 
It, com- not- it completely emptied out. And I was talking shit. I was standing up like, oh, traffic. I was kind of running my mouth a little. But it was like, come on, guys. They didn't know. They knew nothing. Yeah, because you were in the field level. If you were in the bleachers, you wouldn't have been talking that shit. Fuck no, I would not have been talking shit. I want to bring up something, though, real quick, friend. I think you'll get a kick out of this on an unrelated note, but just on a sports-related note. Is there anything worse than when you're sitting next to somebody who doesn't know sports but keeps trying to talk to you like they know sports? Oh, no. I, I At the Oakland game, the, you know, the guys behind me clearly didn't know. They weren't even talking <laughs> to me, but they were talking to each other, and I was just like, I'm just going to try not to listen to what they're saying because I don't want to like – I don't want to get involved in like correcting them or yes. whatever. But I got to say, uh, conversely, I found A's fans to be fantastic. Oh, nice. I thought A's fans were knowledgeable with the exception of like the four bros and like blue button down shirts behind yeah. me who like played hooky from the office. Like, oh, we'll just go in for a couple hours and then we'll sneak off to the A's game. Uh, the people that were sitting around me. Uh, were very knowledgeable, uh, good fans, ev- like a lot of like everybody had a jersey, everybody had a hat, everybody like seemed to know. One guy, the right fielder, made uh, a great play uh, in one of the innings, like down the foul line, diving catch down the foul line. And, you know, they have th- the foul territory there is super big because of the football shit. Um, so this guy's running all the way from right field to the third base dugout. It's a long run, you know. It's like especially long considering the field conditions. And when he finally arrives, everybody in the section that's down by the field like gets up, standing ovation for the catch, which like you don't see a lot of ballparks yeah. anymore. Like you don't see like I, I, I was saying like Dodgers fans like yeah you'll have a couple guys who really know what the fuck they're you know watching, and then the guy will get an ovation for a home run or whatever. But like a guy make a great play, the whole section standing up and applauding him as he goes into the dugout. I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, it's the worst when you're sitting with somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Well, listen to this couple. This was an all-timer for me as far as most ignorant fans. This couple shows up fourth inning. And I'm not going to – because they're not – they weren't Dodgers fans. One yeah. guy was a Reds fan, and the girl he was with was a Dodgers fan. They show up fourth inning, and uh, he wasn't wearing any Reds gear. I didn't know he was a Reds fan. And then probably about – an inning later, after he got there, he goes, uh, he goes, oh, I'm a Reds guy. He goes, I, I grew up, you know, I go, where are you from? And he goes, Oregon, but, you know, we didn't have a team. I just started following the Reds. So he goes, he goes, who's your favorite all-time? Nice team? life decision, bro. <laughs> 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 grew up in Oregon, so I figured. Yeah. Oh. I wore Rex Specs as a kid, so I figured. No, wait until you hear this. He goes, so who's your favorite all-time player? I go, that's tough. I grow, I go, but I've always, I was like, the first guy that I truly loved and had posters of was Eric Davis. And he looks at me so confused. He goes, Eric Davis, not the big red machine. And I look at him and I go, well, that's a little before my time. You know, like, bro, like, how are you misreading? Yeah. The big red machine was in the 70s, bro. Like, how old do you think I am? And then I could tell his girl didn't like it. Did me. you catch the lines in my head, bro? <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then he starts talking about the big red machine. And then he goes, he's just one of those guys who just does it. He sees the headlines. He goes, man, this Matt Harvey acquisition is going to be great, right? And I go, I go, do you know anything about Harvey? <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, man, he's going to be great, right? I go, 
he's had an awful year. It's all controversy. All he wants then then I make the mistake of telling him what's actually happening. I go, all he wanted to do was party. He didn't want to get sent down to the minors, and he's just not responding to me. And I'm going, oh god, why I do this? And then his girl, I go, where do you guys live? And they they're in Orange County. His girl goes, we go to a lot of Angels games, and I go, that's the I go, that's the worst stadium. I go, I love Dodger Stadium. <laughs> And she looks. Not only are you fucking talking to these people, you're like you're giving them hot takes. <laughs> Worst stadium in baseball. You know what I said to her? I go, I go. Dodger Stadium is great. It's got history. It's got character. I'm going into this fucking long Ruther thing. Yeah. It's the second oldest stadium in the National League, and, I, and I'm hyping up how much I love Dodger Stadium. And she goes, Angel Stadium is great. I go, There's no character. I go, Tell me what's great. And then I'm arguing with his girl, who's sitting there trying to tell me that Angel Stadium off the fucking 405. Is a great stadium. Unbelievable. I mean, it was the. I don't think it's anywhere near the 405. Isn't it off the 405? Yeah. Some freeway. I don't know what freeway it is, but it is right off a freeway. It's right off a freeway. (laughs) There's a giant helmet when you walk into the goddamn stadium. It's not a good stadium. I don't hate it, but it's not. It's certainly not Dodger Stadium. It's not even close. Yeah. This woman was trying to argue with me. And then then at one point, you know what I said to her? At one point, I go, (laughs) this went on for a minute. I go, Let's just respectfully agree to disagree on this one. And she goes, I can do that. <laughs> what was your lady friend doing that whole entire time? Yeah. She she was not talking. <laughs> and then at one point, she's like, wow. She was re- fucking Matt Harvey in the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Uh, one last baseball thing, which I want to bring up, which I told you about. Did you Wait, I got to ask. Did you watch the... Did you watch the game on uh, Friday? Did you watch Harvey's start? I caught after his start, Got sadly. It. Yeah, because they took him out in like the fucking fourth inning. They took him out after fourth inning. I was, yeah. I was down, actually. Uh, this is true. Everybody get ready to laugh. Uh, you know, my lovely neighbor, Margaret, had invited me over for some food, and she made me a virgin margarita, and we hung out for a few hours. So I got that. I got back, and I got the game in the fifth inning. My man. What? <laughs> a virgin margarita? She, she was At dr- Margaret's place? She was drinking real ones, and I walked in, and I said, you know, I don't drink alcohol anymore, and she goes, I'll make you a virgin one. And so, was Jesse two of you hanging out? Yeah. She's going to be on Dent Report this not, week. Not the whole bridge group? No. <laughs> she's going to be on Dent Report. I've learned a lot more fascinating things about her. Yeah. She, she, she's... You guys matter. She's not fat. She's you, fast. You got you to give us one tease. Like, what, what's what's one thing we should listen to Dem Report to hear about Margaret? She is on Match.com. We were sharing dating stuff as a woman in her 70s. She also, her parents, she told me the story of her parents escaping Nazi Germany in the Holocaust. I mean, dude, she's got stories. Okay. You should tell her not to mention that one on her match dates. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. <laughs> Way to bring, for, to bring the energy down. He asked for a good tease, and you let off with the match.com and then switched to her parents escaping yeah. the Nazis. Yeah. Well, the match.com was interesting because. She- <laughs> anyway, my parents escaped the Nazis. They, they, almost got, uh, they almost got rounded up and thrown in Auschwitz. Should we get apps? Do you want to try an app? She's a pitcher of margaritas? Yeah. I'm uh, going to bring her on Dent Report Tuesday morning. Thustin. I was joked. <laughs> oh God! So I saw. Speaking of old people, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that I don't think Margaret would appreciate her being teased like that. My dad, Walt Ruther, contributing to Dirty Sports. He sent me an article from the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal, that's what I call it. <laughs> it was a great article, which was saying how this 
could be the worst season in baseball history as far as the number of bad teams. Currently on pace to have six 100-loss teams. Mets will find a way. Make it seven. <laughs> There's never been more than four. And the argument in the article was basically saying that all these teams, the Reds, the Marlins, you name it, the White Sox, they're all basically trying to mimic the Houston Astros, and it ain't happening. Right. It's taking time. And Scott Boris is one of the main people featured in the article, which he, I know obviously he's an agent, but he was saying they got to do something where teams are fined. I kind of like this idea. If they don't spend a certain amount of money. Oh, yeah. Or, I'm, sure, or, I'm, I'm sure Boris is like, yeah. or, or, it's like every team's got to be over $100 million, true. Or, or they, they pay me. Or they lose certain picks, yeah. draft picks. Yeah. That was it. It was the draft pick thing. Because he's saying, like, you, like Houston just literally, they got everything right with their picks. Right. That doesn't but, happen. No, it doesn't happen, but they're not the first. I mean, the Nationals also got Strasburg, Harper back-to-back. True. Like, it's not... It's not hard when you're picking top four or top five. Like, yeah. you're going to get one guy unless you totally fuck it up. Um, but, I mean, it's the same thing. Obviously, it's the same thing as in basketball and, and football now. It's like now we're, people are tanking. Baseball, it's a lot more questionable whether or not you're going to get a sure thing, even if you have the number one overall pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, tanking is now an issue because because of – the Astros, and because of you know the Sixers, and because of teams that have done it and successfully turned it around yeah. in a few years. I mean, even the fucking Cavs, you know, they got LeBron back because he left, and they sucked. Yeah, I know, it, but that's the thing. It seems like this is a problem, and like you're saying, in all sports. Well, I think at the very least, what should happen is there should be some sort of limit on what you can fucking charge if you're going to if you're tanking if your team just straight up sucks like I go to the A's game it's a it's a day game I buy $20 fifth row seats on SeatGeek and they're charging $30 for parking yeah I'm like guys get a grip with what's going on with your franchise yeah. like you're not that good no one's coming to the games I'm I'm able to buy tickets for two thirds of what you're going to sell me parking for, and I'm sitting behind home plate. Like, well, hot dogs should be a fucking discount. Well, you know, beer should art- be a discount. The article was saying that how this is really hurting attendance on a lot of these these ball clubs, and-, and so my point is, instead of handing money to Scott Boris in some sort of crazy weird fucking agent coup, let's uh, let's just discount the fans. Dodger Stadium too now. Yeah. I know you said I know you said this, the parking was thirty in Oakland. It's twenty five now. Yeah, in Dodger Stadium, which when your team is good, it's like people will pay. Yeah. But when your team sucks, they do have a good promo coming up at Dodger Stadium. They they kept advertising for which I was like, oh, it sounds great. On uh, a week from Monday, on the twentieth, dollar Dodger Dog Night. They need more of those things, right? Like those. Yeah. Are, you know, that's a great deal. I'd, I'd eat three easily. Yeah. Meanwhile, you can just go to the supermarket and get like a pack of hot dogs for like four bucks. True. True. I did get great seats, Prano. I uh, got my seats. Actually, I, actually, I'll be honest. I have already used the promo code. So my date used promo code DIRTY to get that $20 off. And we had excellent seats, field level, first base side. In fact, if you go watch the replay of the game, I made it on TV. 
Did you? Yeah, apparently there's there's a foul ball right by us, and uh, I was told that you you turn because then I turned around to like see for the ball. And they're like you turn, Ruther turns around, and you see this Harambe on the jersey. So Harambe. Who told a, you that? Uh a couple different people, and then the replay was on last night. So you caught yourself. Yeah. You taped it. Didn't I mean, it was you? quick. Like like I was looking for it. Yeah. You record it. No, because I was I was uh, I was not where. There was a DVR. Got it. I need to get that, though. But Dirt Balls, you can also... I need to get that. <laughs> I need to get it for my reel. <laughs> I need to get... I need, that's probably the best acting reel I have. Uh, guys, you two... Acted like I was trying to catch the ball, when in fact, yeah. if it had been any closer, I'd have been under my seat. Yes, exactly. So, guys, you two can get great seats with SeatGeek. And, dude, I don't. I know you got a busy schedule. I, I'm still putting out there any way we go on SeatGeek, you two. Yeah, when is it again? I, knew, I keep asking. Wednesday but, and Thursday. Of this week. I think, yeah. Let's go. Okay. Didn't I say let's go like four times? Okay. Cool. Love it. Dirt Balls. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter our promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right. We got to talk NBA. Game one, Eastern Conference Finals. Was a blowout. Yes. The Cavs did not come ready to play. And the Celtics looked great. Outcoached, outplayed, you name it, from basically the tip until the end. I'm I'm gonna take the L. LeBron James is a choker. Brad Stevens got his number. Weak East still can't get out. He'll never be. He'll never be great. This is this is what LeBron James does when going gets tough. He rolls over. Classic. I'm sensing some sarcasm with you, Mister Mister Joe Prano. No, actually, I think what really happened was LeBron has heard what a lot of people have been saying that uh, it's better to get uh, your shit pushed in by the Celtics before the finals than actually lose in the finals. He's taking a page out of the Michael Jordan book. All right, all right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's not make this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm going to not make this about Jordan and LeBron. Let's talk about the game. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. What uh, do you got? The Celtics, like I said, look great. Yeah. Team basketball, and they play, you know, they, they all played as a team. What they've been doing. The Cavs, you just got to hit your fucking shots. Well, I didn't watch the game so because I, the I was thing. driving down, but I did listen to the entire game on the radio on the drive down. And uh, Brent Berry was the color guy. First of all, Brent Berry's fantastic. Um, but, you know, obviously I can't see the actual shots they're getting. But the way Brent Berry was calling the game, Brent Berry made it seem like every single time the Cavs came down the floor, they had, like, a great look and missed. He was basically saying, he's like, I don't, you know, he's like, every time they come down, they get an open look and completely miss, and then the the Celtics come down and they're getting two point baskets, and they're still pulling away like crazy because the Cavs defense isn't there. And he's like, the Cavs defense is also not there because they're probably, uh, you know, they're probably going through some emotions about having open looks and no one's hitting their shots. Listen to these Cavs starters from three point range. LeBron, 0 of 5. Kevin Love, 1 of 4. George Hill, 1 of 2. Kyle Korver, 1 of 5. J.R. Smith, 0 for 3. 
They they finished as a team. I think they missed their first 13 threes, they did. right? Yeah. As a team, they went 4 of 26. That was the thing. They just couldn't hit shots from the start. Yeah. And I believe the first three shot was Kyle Korver's bricked, and I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah. And, and they're just missing them. Now, I want to give credit to the Celtics, though. They did play good defense on LeBron. They played good help team defense. They were switching well. Uh, they, they were, you know what they were doing? They would switch even before. They were basically switching. They did this a couple of times. Somebody posted this on Twitter. They would switch on Kevin Love down low like as the ball was being passed, which was kind of crazy. I'd never seen that. Okay. Like he'd have a smaller guy on him, and you'd see like the ball's about to be passed, and then they'd do a quick switch. And then he thinks he's on a smaller guy, like a guard, and suddenly he's on like a, like Aaron Baines or some shit. Yeah. But, dude, they looked good. Now the Cavs were down 28. They cut it to 14 before the fourth quarter. Yeah. And that's, and that's when I said, hey, okay, what, how are the Cavs going to come out? No. Right back up to 21. Yeah. Game over. And, you know, fuck it. I'll say it again. Tyron Lue's not doing anything to make any coaching adjustments. Right. And honestly, the... What I take away from it is, and I actually bet on the game, and I bet on the Celtics because the Cavs are favored by like two points yesterday in game one in Boston after a layoff, and I'm like, they're they're the lower seed. They're going on the road. They're favored. I was like, why? And yeah. I, and that's what I've always done with my NBA picks is like, where I I bet I bet the underdog in game one. Yeah, and so I bet the I bet the Celtics, and the Celtics came out and just—I mean, it was never a game. No, they, bl- they blew them out from start to finish. But it's also one game. Yeah, it's also one game. It's in Boston. It's game one. Like it's a Sunday. Those fans come out fired up for that game. If the Cavs win game two, they're exactly where they were hoping to be when they leave Boston. Yeah. Now, does this game give you any sense that? They're going to win game two? No, except for the fact that you can't possibly shoot that bad again as a team. Well, that's true. That That is that is a silver lining. I thought about that. They, they, they're not going to shoot four of 26 again. Yeah. Poor range. Um, but, dude, they're just they're buying in. I mean, it's no different than what Boston's been doing. But I'm not – look, as a guy who uh, would love to see the Cavs you know, in the finals again, I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. I know a lot of people are, but that's hot take culture. Right. You, you know what? And I read a pretty good article. I like going to the ringer, and I read a pretty good article about should should you hit the panic button, and, and they listed five reasons why maybe as a Cavs fan you should. Uh, but, dude, I don't know. Again, LeBron didn't play that good. That was by far his worst game. Yeah. He's going to come out ready to play next game. Yeah. I mean, he basically said it in the game, and – he said it in the post game. He's like, I don't know if you guys know, but this is sort of what I do in game one. You know, he's like, it's a, it's sort of a temperature check to see what's going on. And I think that is the disadvantage that the Cavs have is LeBron needs this game. Not to say he couldn't have played better. Of course he could have. But he needs that game to figure out what they're going to do. Meanwhile, Brad Stevens is preparing in advance for this series. Le- LeBron's not getting any help from Tyron Lue. We've already we already know that. So now LeBron's got to go. Okay, here's the adjustments I have to make and we have to make for what they're doing. Whereas Tyron Lue is still standing there with his mouth open. Dude. He's like, 
They, I mean, he's useless. They did one today that I, I brought back the Andy Ruther voiceovers. You guys are welcome. And his mouth wasn't open, but the camera was on him for a good five seconds. Just deer in headlights. Look, He had no... I've never seen a coach look more confused standing on the sideline by himself just... Like, do, do something, bro. Yeah. Do something. I mean, the, the real danger that the Cavs have is that there's no, especially with Kyrie out, there's no standout scorer on Boston. They all, you know, Tatum's probably their best, like, go-to, like, isolation, get a bucket when you need it guy. But if nobody's going to defend as a team, then it doesn't matter. Like, if, if every time down they're just going to go, oh, let's go at fucking J.R. Smith. He's useless. Let's go at Corver. He's useless. Let's go at, like, then how are you going to ever win a game if you can't stop somebody? Well, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, I mean, you look. And also they're running off of misses. Yeah. I mean, 23 for Tate. I'm sorry, 23 for Jalen Brown, 16 for Tatum. Horford ate up Kevin Love for 20. Marcus Morris had 21. Yeah. No one saw that coming. I mean, everybody scores a lot when you when you have a 30-point lead. Yeah. But they need to figure out something defensively. I, I just can't imagine that they missed those shots like that again. The Again, the way Brent Barry, I didn't watch it, but the way Brent Barry was describing it, it was a lot of early on in the game. And, and I think LeBron had a bunch of assists like early on as well. He's like, LeBron's not scoring that well but he's he's already got five assists or something like that it was like pretty early in the game um he was just like and he, i think it was like he should already have 12 like he's saying like he's getting these guys the ball in the position LeBron to did, score he didn't play well though. this is yeah. this is this is probably the worst playoff game i've seen lebron in a long time he had seven turnovers yeah he, he really didn't play well uh but it is one game but it's also it's just a snowball effect like yeah when you when you get to, when you're down 20 out of the first quarter yeah I mean, you're fighting back. You have to be. You have to be sloppier as a team. You have to be taking more chances. You have to be trying to do things just to get back in the game. You can't just be like, "Oh, let's grind it out, fucking see if we can come back from this thirty-point halftime deficit." Yeah. So, it, that that's that's part of it. But you know, the other thing is they just got to hit their shots. They got to hit their shots, and they got to play fucking defense. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting on the ringer was saying. This game showed why the Cavs need Kyrie more than the Celtics, which I thought was an interesting take. Because basically, they need somebody who can just score on a game like this. And they, they just don't have that. But Kyrie is also, when you, when you look back at the history of Kyrie, especially uh, in the last few years, yeah. Kyrie's a guy who, yeah, LeBron could go to the bench and he could score and he could carry you guys for a while. But it's not like it was like, oh, there wasn't a ton of games where it was like, oh, it was the Kyrie game yeah. where LeBron had an off night and Kyrie just fucking dominated. Sure. That wasn't point. that wasn't what Kyrie was for them. Yeah, it's a good it, point. If he had been, I, I feel like they would have gotten along better. If it was like, hey, we're trading, you know, oh, it, you know, you go off for a while and man, man, I can have a rest. It's like that wasn't those games where, oh, LeBron has an off night, Kyrie has an on night, Kyrie has an off night, LeBron has an on night. It's like LeBron still had to be on for that team all the time. And and then if they got a huge game out of Kyrie, fantastic. Hard to beat them. I want to talk about Paul Pierce for a minute. Hey, Paul Pierce, stop being such a salty little fucking bitch. Why? What was he saying? He just, dude, 
and this isn't coming from me supporting LeBron. Dude, you guys know how I feel. I, my, my opinion has changed on all these things. He, he just, they go to the halftime show. He's such a salty little bitch. He is. Paul Pierce, you're a bitch because LeBron fucking dominated you. And he, he's well, like he's, a- he's, well, I think what he's most upset about is that LeBron beat the Celtics into folding. He beat them into trading all of those guys. I'm sure Paul Pierce wanted to retire a Celtic, and he gets shipped off to Boston. And him getting shipped off to Boston is one of the reasons that they are already back. I'm sure a lot of those guys are super selfish. I'm sure Paul Pierce was like, oh, they're going to be shit now for a while, and they're back already because LeBron ran you the fuck out of town. But this is the thing with Paul Pierce, and and he predicted the Celtics win, and he was he was gloating big time at halftime. First of all, Dude, you ain't Charles Barkley. You're not Shaq. You're not Kenny. That crew, we've already talked to them. I don't, I don't mind Chauncey or Jalen. Paul Pierce, I, I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan. He thought he was funny. He called him Kyle Carver because he was obviously not playing well. None of those guys. What's the joke there? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't get it. But, but he definitely dislove J.R. Smith and Corver because they weren't playing well. And he was gloating. And people forget, and I don't know how, but people forget, before Garnett and Ray Allen went to the fucking Celtics, what did they win the year before? 21 games? Yeah. My point is, everyone's always like, oh, LeBron needs a team. LeBron needs... What the fuck did Paul Pierce need? Paul Pierce literally is winning 20 games a year on his own. Paul Pierce and like Antoine Walker had, like I think, one Eastern Conference Finals run. And other than that, yeah. He's just, my point is when I watch Chauncey or Jalen or the TNT crew, you don't see that. Those guys have their opinions. But Pierce just comes across so but it's, fucking it, salty. You know, it's, it's the, like you, you said, you, you, when you said he's not Charles Barkley, you nailed it on the head. It's like Chauncey Billups has championship pedigree. He's Mr. Big Shot. Everybody respects Chauncey. He's a point guard. He knows how to run a team. Like, he's a guy in that group who you're going to for, like, an actual fucking take on the game. Jalen is the Kenny Smith. Jalen's fun. He's funny. People like him. He's, like, he had enough of a career where you respect him, and he's likable. Paul Pierce is like Barkley. He's, like, he had a great career, but he didn't win shit except for when fucking Garnett and Ray Allen came, and he... But you're not Charles Barkley. You're not funny. You're not entertaining. It's like we have a good group, and then you're here. Like you said, I agree with you. He's always salty, and he's he's especially salty about LeBron James. And it's just so evident. I mean, he was trending for that reason. Yeah. It's just so evident. Dude, you won one title. That's it because of LeBron, and you're right. I never thought about that. You're 100% correct, Brano. That team disbanded because they couldn't get past the Heat, LeBron. Yeah, and they and they and they shipped them all off. And again, Kevin Garnett had come from Minnesota. Ray Allen had obviously been a lot of places. Paul Pierce was a Celtic for life, and then got sent to uh, Brooklyn. And everybody's like, "Oh shit, Brooklyn's gonna be legit." It's like, no, Brooklyn's gonna be the worst team in basketball for the next ten years. Yeah. I just, he's just not good on TV. He's I mean, he was good. salty about the fucking Isaiah Thomas thing earlier this year. He's just like a petty dude. Yeah. Petty. And that's the truth. Petty as fuck. You know what they say? Yeah. Petty AF. <laughs> Trevor's not his head. Stepped on my truth joke, Ruther. I mean. <laughs> 
I'm stepping on a lot of jokes. That's what I do, Prano. You all right over there? Yeah. Everything good? Sorry. Yeah. It's all good. There's just uh, some thusting going on, you know? Thust. Pers- personal or professional thusting? Thust. Professional thust. Oh, that's a good type of thusting. I think I like professional thusting better than personal thusting. If we're going to have it on a scale of thusting, I definitely want professional over personal. I don't know if we're talking about sex and versus career stuff right now. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. This whole thusting, it's literally, it's a Smurfism at this point. Yeah. Dwayne Casey, fired by the Raptors. He he won Coach of the Year, correct? Was that already announced? No, that was uh they did they voted right. They did a coaches. They added some sort of thing this year where they did a coaches vote for Coaches of the Year, and he received zero votes in that. Brad Stevens. Oh, Brad Stevens, right. And and Dwayne Casey won that. Sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. Dwayne Casey won that, and Brad Stevens got zero votes. Talk about salty. What's wrong with all these other coaches? Yeah. Well, why are they giving Brad, Brad Stevens zero? Yeah. But there's a reason why these things aren't voted on for, by other coaches. Like, yeah, maybe they hate Brad Stevens for beating him, you know? And I heard there was also they only had one vote. Right. So I guess like they didn't have like a second or a third place right. vote. So uh, they were like they all gave it to Dwayne Casey because they thought it wasn't like a it wasn't any shade towards Brad right. Stevens. It was just like they only had one vote and it went towards him. He had to be fired though, right? Agreed. And I know they've had three straight fifty win seasons. I dis I disagree a hundred percent. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, what, Dwayne Casey is now getting fired for overachieving with the Raptors. Okay. Did anybody think that? They, so. It's one of those things where you set your own bar. I agree. You say so by by coaching a team well enough to make them the first seed. Now he's gotten himself fired by losing to a lower seed. Well, yeah, he. I, I to me, it's the Marvin Lewis effect, dude. The Bengals were dog shit. It's the same thing. He suddenly keeps leading. You know, I'm not, I'm not I'll take away the last couple of years. I'm not talking about that. Like the Steelers game, he leads them to so many playoffs. You got that coach who can take you to the next level from dog shit or like the Raptors who no one gives a shit about to they're suddenly making the playoffs. Dude, I know they have LeBron James. But but the Bengals defense was incredible those years. A.J. Green, all those receiver weapons, running back, a competent quarterback, a good offensive line. Like, Dwayne Casey, like, we're, we're upset now that DeMar DeRozan – and Kyle Lowry are uh, an Eastern Conference Finals team? Um, so I agree with what you're saying there, but what, I don't know if you saw what Zach Lowe said. This is where they said this is the moment he got fired was after they got swept. Dwayne Casey in the postgame interview said, um, <laughs> he's like, we're closing the gap on LeBron. And it was like, you just got swept. And Zach Lowe, I think he wrote down or something because he said it on the show that he was like, that's the moment I knew that he was going to get fired. Because when he thought that that was like, okay, we're getting close, it was like, yes, you you know, you were the number one team in the, the East, but still, like, right there, it's like, you have to have... But that's my point, like, the too. Mindset and, like, you got swept, bro. And, you and, didn't just lose. And look, I understand that, but do you remember me saying, going into that series, that despite the seedings, Indiana matched up so much better with True. the Cavaliers, yeah. and that they they the the lack of three point shooting from the raptors the lack of the ability to play at that kind of pace you're going to your your two stars are a mid-range shooting shooting guard in a league where the mid-range shot is essentially useless 
And Kyle Lowry, who's what, 5'10"? This is who you're going to war with, with LeBron James excellent with? Excellent dad bod, by the way. Yeah. Does Kyle Raleigh ever – has he ever run or lifted any weights? He's got that now, pudgy guy bod. again, I don't think Dwayne Casey was a great coach. I don't I, – I mean, I, I think the one moment in the Raptors-Cavs series that was like, oh, he's not doing a good job is when Kevin Love, who was a corpse prior to that series, is going off. Yeah. And he's averaging 25 points over the last three games of that series. So I don't think Dwayne Casey's a good coach. But the question is, and this is like a situation that the Knicks get into all the time, you're going to bring in who to be with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and start a whole new culture, and then what? So you're the first seed. You're not going to get a high draft pick, and you're going to bring in who? Who's going to be brought in that's going to do a better job than being the first? How about this? I'll, I'll put this out there with 100% certainty. They're not the number one seed next year. 100% they don't win 59 games next well, year. Well, I agree because I, I would put it on the Celtics most likely. Okay. Look, look, I, I understand, Prano. I'm not – I see all sides of this, to be honest. Like, I see all sides. I just we, it, talked about, we talked about the Dodgers before. The Dodgers have a great lineup. They have – refused to add a legit second go-to big game shut the fucking door pitcher behind Kershaw. They've refused to do it. And then Mattingly gets fired. Now Dave Roberts comes in and he's not doing fucking well. It's like, guys, you're not changing up the strategy at all. Now, do I think Dave Roberts is a bad manager? Yes, I've said that. But you also have to consider the expectations you're putting on somebody considering what you're giving them. You're asking somebody to cook you steak and you're giving them fucking hamburger. I got a solution. I just figured it out. Replace Dwayne Casey with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He said he's going to run for president. This maybe will be a precursor to that. He can show that he can handle managing a team you know, that's kind of like I was. Say, I thought you were going to say replace him with Dave Roberts. At least he would have pulled C.J. Miles super early in that game, <laughs> put somebody else on Kevin Love. I like The Rock. Send The Rock up to Toronto. I mean, The Rock. Then they can cross promote. He can be in like a new Jurassic Park. You're asking The Rock to uh, take a serious step backwards in his career. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. Serious question: Do the Raptors win more or less games with The Rock? Or Drake as their coach. I mean, I think they went more with The Rock. They went more with yeah. The Rock. I mean, yeah, he's, he's gonna inspire more. What's Drake gonna do? He's gonna get up there in his wheelchair and snooze rap for everybody. <laughs> you hate Drake. Yeah. You never danced in one of his songs ever. I'm I'm sure I have at some point, but I if I. We need to get a Drake Magic Mike mix. I can tell you I can tell you one thing's for sure. When I fucking if I was putting together a dance mix to go out and party to, there wouldn't be many Drake okay, songs okay, on it. Okay, let's that. let's get to this right now. This is a dirty sports exclusive. Joe Prano's dance mix. What do you got on there? Give me three songs you got. Uh I like the way you move by Outcast. Okay. That's a good one. Um Mace feels so good. Oh, that's a good one. And not saying which one I instantly pop into my head. And the Why Clef Staying Alive remake. Wow. Threw me for a loop there. I mean, I'm a hip hop, I dance the hip hop dance. No 
Montel Jordan, this is how we do it? Yeah, but I mean... No uh, remixed ignition? Yeah, but even that, like... First, remixed ignition, great, solid, for sure. Montel Jordan, at this point, it's like you're almost doing a... Uh, like it's almost like a a novelty song on a dance mix. Now I got to stand on one leg and fucking spin the whole time. Like I got to do. Why don't I just put kid and play on there? I mean, you can fucking kick each other. What about? Uh, it's interesting that your choice for Outcast. Oh, that's number one. Like that's but, number one on fucking dance hip hop dance is, song. Outcast has a lot of songs you could choose from. Yeah. What about Hey Ya? I mean, yeah, fantastic. There would be a lot of Outcast. I used to throw. That's all I'm saying. I used to throw straight up. Only outcast dance parties at the one through one in Brooklyn. We're gonna dance. You're all we're all coming back from the bar. We're all gonna go to my place and dance. We're gonna move the couch and the fucking coffee table. We're gonna dance and it's gonna be an exclusive outcast dance party. That's a great theme party. Yeah. Outclass or outcast <laughs> Yeah. Outcast exclusive. Yeah. I remember a guy in my fraternity threw a big party after I mean talk about fucking childish. He threw a party when we started bombing Iraq, and all he was playing was Bombs Over Baghdad on repeat for like six hours. That's fucked up, man. Childish is not the word. That's fucked up. And I was partying. You know what else we did, which would be a fun party, now that we're talking about parties? Uh, We used to do a party called Bad Beer Party, where you'd load a tub full of the worst type of beers. And there was a store in St. Louis... Just IPAs. Yeah. There was a store in St. Louis called Dirt Cheap Beer. There was a couple of them. That was the brand, Dirt Cheap Beer. And people would always buy beer there. So you load the bathtub. It had to be dark. And there was always somebody by the door. You load it full of shitty beer. And there was like two golden tickets, which meant like a Budweiser. Like those were considered the good ones. yeah. But the thing about the bad beer party was every single time. The amount of people who threw up, and not, like that night or the next day, because you're mixing all the shitty beer from Colt Forty Five to like fucking dirt cheap beer to whatever. Yeah, sounds gross. Man, it makes me want to drink again. <laughs> Reminds me of the time we filled the bathtub with beer at Mikey's bachelor party, and the midget almost drowned in it. What? Yeah, I've told that story on here. I think. Tell it again. <laughs> uh, we got a midget for Mikey's bachelor party. Little person. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he went by, he went by midget. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just calling Dominic what he was, but Mikey, what he, was the, what was the guy's race? Uh, he was white, white dude. Yeah. So did you rent him? Like, like, cause you know, you, I know you, you can rent midgets. Yeah. We rented him. Okay. Little yeah. person. Yeah. How, no. much did, how much did he cost? So we called this guy who was a midget handler, little person handler. Uh, and he was like, I can get you strippers as well. So I think it was like 1500 all in for two hours of the midget hanging out <laughs> and then two hours of the girls hanging out. But they didn't cross over? But they crossed over for an hour. Okay, good. Or he might have even been hanging out for like two hours and then just like stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> like... He was like down to party too. So what does the midget do? Because I know I've seen this on Howard Stern. Like when they oh. go, do they go bowling with them? Like you? Throw yeah, them? you can throw them. But it, uh, <laughs> actually, it was funny. It was it was funny. The guy called right after I put in, you know, old school like internet. Like I had to fill out a form and I submit it. And the guy calls me. He's like, just so you know, all of the hotels in uh, Atlantic City have banned uh, midget 
uh, uh, it was called dwarf lopping. <laughs> called uh, they've they've banned it, so you can't throw them anymore. Because usually they would they'd like put them in Velcro suits and you throw them at a wall or something like that. <laughs> um, he's like, so you can't do that. And I was like, oh, we're not interested in doing that anyway. Like my brother just wants to hang out with him, so. He came and my brother was like, made him sit on his lap for a while. <laughs> my brother, my brother had two, two like fucking super big twin buddies and they like put their arms on each other's shoulders and like made like a bar and the guy was doing pull ups. Oh, and Mikey, so Mikey was just fun. like holding up beers and like seeing if the guy could get him and stuff like that. He just like literally wanted the guy hanging out. But the guy got fucking wasted, and his handler was a, a dick to him. His name was Dominic, and his handler kept calling him Shitmanic. And we were all like, yo, chill. Like, he's like, oh, fucking Shitmanic loves it when you fucking call him Shitmanic. And he's like, fuck you. The dude is getting trashed. I'm telling you, the dude is like straight up fucking crushing beers. So at one point, I hear like, oh, oh. And I fucking go running into the bathroom, and he's like, he's tried to get up into the bathtub but he's so short and it was like one of those deep like jacuzzi bathtubs sure. that he couldn't like he couldn't just reach in and get a beer everybody had been getting a beer so he tried to get one himself and he's like on the ledge <laughs> he's like pulled himself up on the ledge and he's like about to fall in he's like get me get me and I grab him and I pull him out and he's like holy shit he's like if I had fallen in there I definitely would have died and I was like why, why? and he's like cause that's fucking deep and I'm hammered <laughs> I was like, dude, you're going to die in like a, a fucking three foot. He's like, it's freezing cold full of ice. You he's, saved a midget's life. Yeah. But I was also like, dude, there's no, like you wouldn't have. And he started, he's like wasted. He's like, they say babies can drown in like two inches of water. I was like, okay. DSPN 30 yeah. for 30. What if I told you about a little person? And what if I told you about a guy in a mustache who saved his life? And the guy called. So the guy who was his handler also called me. Uh, I love how he has a handler. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a manager. It, it's like he's an animal. Yeah. A handler. Like he's a fucking, like he's a dog or a fucking stallion running in the Kentucky Derby. So I think we, orig I think we said, uh, I think we were getting two strippers originally. Okay. It was like a two now, do the strippers know that also a midget is part of the? Yeah, because the guy fucking hooked them both up. So the guy, oh, what a great business! So the guy calls me like two hours before, and uh, he's like, "Dude, I can get you four more girls for like five hundred bucks." It was supposed to be like fifteen hundred. How many dudes are at this bachelor party? It was like twenty, twelve, oh, so fifteen. 12. So he goes, "I can get you four more chicks for." Like five hundred more dollars, which I was like, I'm down, dude. But like, already guys didn't show. I like had to ask people for more money than I, mean, I was. You're like, already shelling out some money. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's fifteen hundred. It was like, I, I think there was like twelve because I think it was, I asked everybody for like one hundred twenty five bucks or something, which went to like booze and the midget and the strippers. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I fucking nailed it. But I was like, also a couple guys didn't come. I had to ask people for extra money, and he's like, dude, it's it's. It's like a five hundred more dollars. I can get you three times the amount of girls. I was like, I was like, dude, I just, I was like, I love your attitude, but I can't, I can't yeah. do it. And I was like, so they show up, and he's like, I brought the girls anyway. Like he's like, they're they're on the house, but obviously you guys got to like tip them and everything like that, because like the girls just want to make money, get sure. dollars thrown at them, having sex with people, whatever, you yeah. know. Uh, so. I would pay to watch the midget have sex with the stripper. So the girls all walk in. 
five black girls, one white girl. Yes. Now we're all white dudes, by the way. Even better. But he, but what he told me, he goes, look, the two you paid for, he's like, I figure I get you one black girl, one white girl. The other four, all black girls. My brother is so drunk that he starts cracking up like as this row of black girls walks in and he starts going, the dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> over and over. Everyone that walks in, he goes, oh, two of them. The dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Third girl, oh, what is happening? The dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Five of these girls walk in. My brother's mind is blown. There's a fucking midget there. There's five black girls. The dude is losing his mind. Everybody's like rolling on the floor because he just keeps repeating himself. Oh, it was fantastic. Mikey's Bash Party, legendary. And did someone get someone dressed as a Ninja Turtle for your other brother? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think my other brother was there. I think it was during my... Uh, during my hatred of my other brother days. Oh man! So I think I think because I ran the show, I don't think he was invited. I'm a real son of a bitch like that. <laughs> or he was masturbating. On a I, I don't think so. I don't remember though. Unreal. Good stuff. That's by the way. That's yeah. what you know. A, a little public service announcement. I'm gonna look into the camera for this one, guys. If you're having a bachelor party, that's how you do it. Yeah. Because the, because these people nowadays. You know, they have these pussy bachelor parties. They go scavenger hunt or they go paintball. You need strippers tossing a midget. Now, we got to ask you, EJ, because you're recently married. I have a feeling you did some bullshit. What did you do for Played your- hide and go see. I did what? Yeah. Did some bullshit? I'm thinking you did some pussy shit. What did you do for your bachelor party? <laughs> we went to Austin, Texas, and a bunch of my friends rented out like a house. And then we just, the whole night, we just went to 6th Street. And honestly, it was it was ridiculous. Like, by- Midgets? The, there was no midgets. Strippers? No, because See, we were all you, you super already lost me. <laughs> like, you by the time we me. got back. 36 like, was fun, though, I bet. Yeah, no, it was a blast. And, like, the friend groups, like, guys just got separated. And then at the end of the night, it was probably, like, 3 in the morning, the last two dudes walked in completely soaking wet and did not say anything, just kind of, like, walked in and was like, what's up, guys? And we're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, we found a club that had a pool. Like, so you just jumped in, like, yeah. So that was pretty much how that went. Yeah, but this is what I think. Pass the mic over to Trevor, please, because Trevor's basically married. Trevor, can we throw you a bachelor party with midgets and strippers? Let's do it. <laughs> Mikey will be there, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, by the way, I'll tell you one uh, place where the theory, darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, definitely does not work out. Uh, Toronto Raptors head coach. Because Dwayne Casey, he was dark, and that, that was pretty sour juice they got there. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon, Prano. Let's talk some NFL, Prano. But before we do that, your mustache, I must compliment. You, you, you were out of the mustache game for a minute. Yep. Now it's back. Now it's back. I just carved it up tonight with the Harry's razors. Got back. I had, had just a little couple-day stubble. The important thing when you have the mustache is you got to keep it. You got to keep the rest of you just as clean as possible. And that fifth blade. Ah, the top of the mustache blade. That's I mean, they should just make. They should just call it top of the mustache blade, TM. Trademark yeah, that shit. They should. Harry's has created an amazing trial offer for you guys. Simply go to harrys.com forward slash dirty. In fact, they guarantee that you'll love their blade so much that if you don't, you can let them know within 30 days. You get a full refund. To get this trial offer, listen to what this includes. It's a $13 value trial offer that comes with the following. The weighted ergonomic handle 
five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, that rich lathering shave gel, and the travel blade cover to keep those blades nice and fresh. So guys, you can redeem this trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. Make sure you go to harrys.com. You just pay shipping, yeah. correct? And they give you all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer and let them know that Joe Prano and Andy Ruther sent you with the Dirty Sports Podcast. That's what it says. And do that with a promo code. Yeah, that's what it says. Let them know. I don't know. Outside of dropping Dirty Sports forward slash dirty, I don't know. Just write them a nice email. I said Dirty Sports forward slash dirty. That's harrys.com forward slash dirty. You think somebody went to Dirty Sports dot com forward slash dirty yeah we should put something uh, we should just we should just make that redirect to harrys.com forward slash dirty (laughs) we can do that right sure by the way all of our promo codes are in the description of the podcast yeah and if you go to our website you can click on our links in case you haven't figured this out in the first 415 episodes i do love we got a tweet from somebody in the last year somebody's like i love how they put the promo codes on the description link in the podcast like yeah you just you just figure that out there's probably some other guy who out there who's like hey what's the promo code you're like check the description of the podcast no man nah new andy ruther sound bath not yelling at dirt balls anymore it's not sound bath it's what are you talking about it's float lab which i'm scheduling for this week sound bath just making stuff up unbelievable Oh, I'm trying to get my one brother. What's in- the difference between a sound bath and a float lab? I don't know what sound bath is. That 100% sounds like just like an SNL parody of a float lab. <laughs> the sound bath? No. I think that's You're a thing, too. just making shit up right now. There's nothing called a sound bath. No, sure there is. I want to talk about this Matt Patricia thing. We have to talk about this. Is there something there, Trevor? You're giggling. The sound bath. The sound bath center offers premium sound bath events with gongs and crystal singing bowls, yeah. and sound bath practitioner trainings. Yeah, in yeah. Intimate Isn't that settings. what you're doing? Right there? Well, hold on, we gotta go. Where's this shit? Is this in LA? It's LA. We're out in LA. It's called the South. It's called the Sound Bath Center. What's LA. the address? What part of town? Um, it is. Dude, we got gongs. Um, t- dude, let's get baked and go to this shit. I gotta. I gotta. 30 sports bonding event. The team, we're going. Sound Bath Center? The website's not very helpful. All right, I figured. Of course they can't have a functioning website. Eagle Rock Boulevard? Okay, so it's in Eagle Rock. It's the other side of town. It's in the east side. I told you I didn't make that shit up. It's basically the same thing you're doing, except instead of water, it's gongs and bowls. There's an article that says... Relax with the bath, dot, 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 of sound. Yeah. Its practitioners say it's like a massage or a meditation. No. Yeah. Well, I'll try it out, but it's completely different of float lap. You're, I mean, I'm just saying, it's, this, it's sensory deprivation. This is full on. You're getting those fucking senses. What are you giggling about over there? Is there something real funny? I mean, no, it, there's just a picture of a girl doing like a sound bath, and she's got some like... <laughs> Crystal kind of bowls with like yeah. a yeah yeah with like a wand yeah kind you know, of thing and she gonna look you like know she, you've seen that before you have yeah, you've heard yeah that. she's kind of just like you've heard that before yeah. it's that you've heard that sound if you've ever like got a massage or whatever it's a, that it's but it it's it has the same end game Ruther 
I'm down for it. Let's the meditation. Test it out. Let's test it out. Sound bath it up. Well, now I know the answer. If we want to make money from idiots, we should do a sound bath float lab where you, somebody is fucking putting the sounds under the water. Yeah, that'd be good. But where are the midgets and the strippers in yeah. this scenario? Yeah. We need to bring that back, by the way. That's going to be in my head all night because I feel like that doesn't exist anymore. Can you rent midgets still? I don't think you can. Why? I'm sure you can. Mexico, for sure. I'm certain. I bet you my guy probably still exists. I might even have him in my phone still. <laughs> what's he under? Midget Handler? Like, what's his name in your phone? Let's find out. Are you putting Midget into your phone? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I typed in rent a midget. <laughs> <laughs> And there wasn't, there's like, there's not a company in LA that. See, LA's so fucking PC and liberal, man. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's going to be out here. New York for sure, though. There, there looks like there's like one company that it looks like they rent, like they but have. This is what's wrong with the America, business guys. of it. Let me see. Hold on. I, f- I found his name. Dude, I can rent, I can rent topless maids. You see those cars all over LA? I can rent a woman to come over here. I can rent some Russian or Czechoslovakian woman to come over here. To yeah, clean my I still phone. got I still got the guy on my phone. You think he's still handling midgets? Yeah, I know he is because I just looked him up <laughs> on Chrome. Ready? Jollydwarf.com. The Bachelor Party crew. Jollydwarf.com is making some updates. Be back soon with a slamming new site. Book Beetlejuice. From Howard Stern. Yeah. Hire Sal the stockbroker, Richard Christie, Ronnie. Oh, so he works with all the It's all Howard Stern's guys. Yeah. Up oh, I think that's I think that's Shipmanick right there. Yeah, thejollydwarf.com. Man. And the number's the same. That's great. Bachelor parties, bar appearances, holiday office parties. Well, I know what I'm looking up on Google tonight. I'm going to spend a good two hours on that website. You want to talk it's about this? It's the character of a website, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he rents midgets, so let's be honest. He doesn't. He's, he's in the business of selling people. So, and we're bringing it back. Yeah, you want to talk about this Matt Patricia thing? Sure. Sexual assault. <laughs> what? Hard pause. Sorry. Want to talk about this Matt Patricia thing? Then you go. Sexual assault. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It is really tough for me to go from midgets to anything else like you mentioned that the only thing in my head now is like i want to attend a midget party like like my head is just one fucking i'm focused on one thing anyway so matt patricia had a case against him over 20 years ago he was indicted never went to trial uh the girl did not want to pursue him and someone else were accused of sexually assaulting a 21 year old Bursting into her hotel room and taking turns sexually assaulting her during spring break in 1996 at South Padre Island in Texas. In EJ's neck of the woods down there. Uh, a big... <laughs> I'm not saying you did it. This show's just gotten weird. Anyway. Uh, well, I mean, dude. He's obviously denying everything. Nothing happened. Fuck, man. Shit. You're not safe from anything now. Like, like what? Like, what do we make of all this? Basically? I mean, also, you're not safe from anything. He was indicted. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Do it, what, what, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand why he didn't own this like forever ago. That's the stupidity part of it. Like or the Lions saying they had no clue, or the Patriots. Yeah, a quick Google search, you probably could have found it. Yeah. And also, you got to know that's going to come up. Like, if I ever get hired for a gig, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, there's this one episode where I say midget like 40 times. <laughs> like, you know, just so everything's out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. It, the, the fact that this is the first that we're hearing about it after he gets a head coaching job makes me think that he did do something. Because otherwise, it's like, get out in front of it. Well, the Lions aren't backing down. His players are already sticking up for him. I saw yeah. like a bunch of quotes from Golden Tate. Uh, so, I mean, here we are. It, it's just, it, it's just. Here's all I'm gonna say about all this. Twenty-two years ago, and not that it's the same thing, but let's put it in context. Twenty-two years ago, some shit happens on spring break. We yep. don't really fucking know. Right. Spring break. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. Let's be honest. Shit happens at spring break. Like, fucking shit happens. Jeez, what happened to you at spring break? No. Did you see that? He's like, shit happens. (laughs) I'm just saying, shit happens. It didn't happen with me, but there was a girl. I'm just saying, there was was a girl who went to my school who apparently was trained by a bunch of dudes from who football players at Illinois State. And the word had spread on the flight back. First of all, that's horrible wording. I was like, trained in what? Like, <laughs> Okay, had the train run on her. Had the train run on her. Okay. So my point is... And then what? There is an end what? This is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying this is the same thing. I'm saying, I just remember on the flight back from Mexico, a bunch of these football players who went to a different school were like, oh, you know that girl? And I'm like, I don't know her, but I know she goes to my school. They're like, we all ran a train on her last night. My point is, who knows what really happened? Like... It could be one of those things where maybe sexual assault happened. I'm just saying, 22 years ago, we don't know, right? There's there's blurred lines there, maybe. Sure. I mean, I know nothing about I know nothing about the story except what you just told me. Exactly. So, yeah. And I don't know anything from what I just read besides the fucking all the news articles. My point is this: we live in a day where it's like Kobe Bryant is a contributor on ESPN and he's doing all these things now. He was accused. We all know, and it's like. Well, if he's cool, where does it put other athletes? Do you, you kind of see what I'm saying? Is there a correlation there where it's like, okay, this we don't even know about, but we know about the Kobe thing. He still works. I mean, Isaiah Thomas still works. That's they what I'm they saying. straight up paid that girl a settlement. That's what I'm saying. There, I mean, there's a, a hundred people. I mean, Mike Tirico still works. Exactly. Good example. Right? So... We know that there's things out there that people have done things that people are still whatever. The I guess the only issue here is in the climate that we live in is like, why did no one know about this? I agree. You know, like if I got a gig right now in Canada, I would be like, hey, I got pulled over drinking and driving when I was 19, I was under the legal limit, but there's a zero tolerance in the state of Pennsylvania. I've heard that you can't get into Canada with a DUI. I don't technically have a DUI, but like, am I going to get stopped at the border when I get up there and sent home? Because I don't want to fly to Canada and come back. Yeah. And then somebody's going to find out for me. If you're a guy who knows 
that I mean, everybody's talking. Do you think he forgot? Exactly. That's my point. He didn't forget. Somebody he talked to at some point during this process was like, "Nah, you don't. Don't worry about it." Yeah. And that guy gave him terrible advice. Gotcha. So, my advice is always just own it from the beginning. But this is the other thing I want to say. I don't justify any no neither none of us here are going to justify fucking sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape. None of us are ever going to justify that. But are we ever going to be able to make mistakes of any kind and ever be forgiven or redeemed? Does, does that make sense? Because this is what I worry about with all this shit. We all make bad mistakes. And obviously there's different levels. You know, rape, murder, those are child molestation. Those are awful levels. They're like there's very there's like a no tolerance well, zone. The, but but my point is like like we see this where it's like oh he shouldn't be higher he shouldn't be higher where you're like wait so he can never work again because it's a moment in time that's the point is yeah of course that's why Kobe Bryant like when Kobe did his thing it wasn't like this and when Isaiah did his thing it wasn't like this yeah so now if if Kobe eh, if if what happened to Kobe happened now, it'd be a completely different story. Exactly. And I understand that this happened before. But my point is you were hired for your first head coaching experience during this time. Sure. So that's why you you know, this should be should have been covered or talked about, or the Lions should have said, Yes, we talked to him, we know all the details. It's it's a non issue. Not like no one knew. Because I agree with now you. is the point. Now is the moment in time, and it'll we'll move on to something else next. Yeah, we'll move on to whatever. This is a moment in time. I'm not saying that we're gonna move past where like sexual harassment's okay again. I'm saying like right now with the way things are moving with women, like this is their moment. Sure, this is their moment. Like you know, we're just like a, a million other things have had their moment. This is when everybody's hyper focused on this issue. And if you're going to take a job, the biggest job of your life, a high-profile job, and that's what's in your history, then you fucking make sure people know about it. Yeah. And all the important, and the Lions, all the important people. Do yeah. due diligence. I didn't say the press had to know about it. Yeah. I, the the Lions should have known about it because he should have told the Lions. Because he shouldn't have put but them in. But they also should have looked into But that. he shouldn't have put them in this position. Okay. That's my point. I mean, you got a vet. I mean, come on. You know how hard I vetted Trevor and I EJ? mean, they're the Detroit, they're the Detroit Lions, right? If they had fucking, if they if they made smart choices, they wouldn't be on their twelfth coach in however many years. True, it's a fact. Let's talk about something a little more uplifting. Ricky Williams, dude, we gotta get him. We gotta get Ricky. This has been sitting in the. Uh, Let's go to the sound bath. This has been sitting on the rundown for a minute. Ricky Williams was recently interviewed by CNBC. Uh, he told them he's going to invest 50000 into Bitcoin because of astrology, because of Uranus. <laughs> Excuse me? Yes. How is my anus involved in this? He says, when I look at things, I tend Whoa. to look. Whoa. <laughs> Take it easy, Ricky Williams. <laughs> You're not getting the head coaching job anytime soon. Look at my anus. When I look at things, I tend to look at astrology to get insight. He said he was looking at readings of an astrology chart, and they've pointed him to direct his money into Bitcoin. The insight that got me interested in Bitcoin was the planet Uranus is about to enter into Taurus. I mean, this guy is amazing. Yeah. 
He explains it's in a revolution. It's about you should the- tell him you're going to pick him up in a tourist for his episode of the Dirty <laughs> Sports Podcast. I mean, I don't even know what else to say here. He does his Pilates. No, is it Pilates? Yoga. Yoga. I don't know. Every Sunday night, guys, right here in Venice, right on Lincoln Boulevard. Every Sunday he does it? Every Sunday. We got to go. Our 420th episode is four episodes from now. So it looks Rick- like we're going to next Sunday. It looks like we're going to yoga. Ricky did not respond to my email or my DM after he DM Dirty Sports. We got to get Ricky on the show. You should start a new Twitter account as Uranus and send him a direct message from that. We should also probably sneak uh, You Should Do the Dirty Sports Podcast fortune into a fortune cookie and deliver it there. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... You know, let's go at this guy the way he seems to be getting he seems to be getting signs from things. You know what I mean? Well, I think if we just show up, that's a sign. He'll be like, "How did you know?" Yeah. Like, well, we read your Twitter, bro. But uh, tweet at him, Rick the Laureate, R I C K the Laureate, L A U R E A T E. Tell yeah. him, tell him our four hundred twentieth episode's coming up. Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the the planets have aligned. For him to come on the Dirty Sports Podcast for the 420th episode. We need Ricky. You know, they did what was the 30 for 30? Run, Ricky, run? Yeah. Pod, Ricky, pod. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Come good on. hashtag. Come on here, Ricky. Pod, Ricky, pod. We need you. Thust, Ricky, thust. <laughs> thust, Ricky, thust. We need it. All right. You want to get to some calls? Sure. Before we do that, Joe Prano. Yes. I just want to say that. I was rocking my flag and anthem black jeans last night at the Reds game, and it matched perfectly with my Harambe jersey. I rocked flag and anthem all weekend up in San Francisco and Oakland. I, I mean, basically at this point, every show I do, I'm in full flag and anthem. It's my show gear. Yeah. I don't have those black jeans because I haven't been in my size to, since we started working with them. But They're great. Yeah. I saw Zach Olmstead had tweeted, he got a bunch of flag and anthem. He dropped our promo code, which is dirty, to get twenty five percent off. He's got all new clothes for the spring. Yeah, that's Doctor Dirtball. That's right. So Dirtballs, you too can have this great offer simply by going to flagandanthem.com, Drop promo code dirty at checkout. You get twenty five percent off your first order. Twenty five percent off. Yeah. Promo code dirty. It's one of our largest promo codes. It is. Summer's coming up. They have great shorts. Great T-shirts. The the I saw Zach got a uh, same short sleeve button down. I've been rocking lately. Go get yourself some flag and anthem for summer. That's right. Flagandanthem.com, Promo code dirty at checkout gets you twenty five percent. We're off. down to South Padre. You won't need to harass anybody. You know what I mean. You'll get them willingly. I'm sure, they're gonna love that ad read. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's get to some dirtball calls. We have a few. We haven't done some for a while. So. Let's uh, let's get these. We, we got them all queued up, Trevor. Do you have headphones? Okay, you got them there. Let's uh, let's just go in order. Let's do that. That'll be easy. Hey boys, question for you: What is the best playoff series that you have actually sat down and watched in the NBA? I would have to go with the Pacers and the Celtics back ninety ninety one. And really the one that I think is truly the best is the 09, 08-09 Bulls Celtics series, the one that D. Rose took the Celtics to seven. But uh, I want to hear what you think your favorite series is. 
Take a boys. Uh, when he says sit down and watch, does this mean he's talking about television or in person? Or I think he means basically all, you know, I'm assuming a seven-game series okay. that we think was the best in our life, that, that, that we watched all of it. Right. Uh, maybe there's recency bias, but I don't think so. Uh, bet my the the Come best on, Warriors Cavs Warriors Cavs seven game series seventy three win Warriors team versus LeBron leading both teams in every stat. Uh, the, it ending with a signature defensive play by LeBron, followed by the three from Kyrie after. The Draymond suspension after them losing the year before without Kyrie and Love, uh, leading to multiple Warriors sitting in a van in the parking lot after the game, you know, texting and calling Kevin Durant in for help. Like to me, that that was everything. That was that was Rocky too, right? Like Rocky one, he no one really gave him a chance, and he lost. Rocky two comes back and he takes down the champ. Uh, what more do you want? Seven game comes down to the final shot. Yeah. Best player in the world versus the best team ever. It's tough to go against that one. I did enjoy, and again, it's being a homer living here. I did enjoy the seven game Celtics Lakers 2010. Yeah, that was fun. But that game wasn't game seven. Uh, Game seven wasn't close. No, it was. Was it? The Lakers were getting killed. By Boston, I want to say they were even down at one point 16, 18 points. It was a, just a big comeback, and they came back. Now there's no Kendrick Perkins, which was huge because he got hurt that series. But that was a good series because because Kobe, if people were for all you Kobe slippers out there, quick reminder: Kobe had an atrocious game seven. Right. I want to say he was like eight for twenty five or something. Awful game seven. In fact, if you look up Kobe's numbers. In closeout games like that, they're not good. No. At all. Pau Gasol basically won that game for him. I've I've been on the Pau Gasol was the best all-around player on those two championship teams for a long time. 83-79 Lakers. So it was a good game. Yeah. You know you know how I remember that game? I was at, uh, what's the place? On, on, on Wilshire Boulevard, fucking something shack. Uh, it's across from the Boston the, Bar. The shack. Is it just the shack? Yeah. So I was there, and one of the kids I used to work with at the hotel job. <laughs> it, it, you could have been like, uh, Kobe, why do you have three championships before this? Uh, the shack. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. This kid I used to work with was so drunk after the game. He was drinking people's leftover beers. Oh, it was so disgusting. That was right after I first arrived in Los Angeles, and I went to the Daily Pint on Pico. Ah. I walked in. Uh, the The amount of Lakers fans that were there, like just the the Laker vibe, I immediately walked out, Went got a cheesesteak from the Philly cheesesteak truck outside, and immediately went back home. What's What's the Boston bar across the street? On Wilshire? Yeah, it's right by there. Uh, well, why know. is the name forgetting me? It's a Red Sox and uh, Patriots and Celtics bar. I don't know. There was like fights. The cops had to come because the shack was yelling across the street because it was all Boston people. And I was just like shit-faced. I was like, what is going on here? I forget. You, you would know the name of that bar. I would, but I don't remember. All right, let's do the uh, – you want to do the second call? Yes. 
Oh, Trevor, tre- are you playing it? No, I okay. Trevor just texted me this. You could have hopped on the mic, Trevor. <laughs> Kobe was 6 of 24 that game. Yeah. 6 of 24. Uh, you want to get you, this YouTube exclusive? Make yeah. sure you go go on the yeah. YouTube channel. See By the way, what, the, what, what, what Kobe doing. was doing was uh, he was that 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 gif is him doing one less than the shots he made that game. Amazing! Uh, you want to do this KD call? I can't wait to hear Prano's take on this. Hey, Prano, what's up? This is Austin from Atlanta, first time caller. All right, so I'm totally team LeBron Lagoat. He's the best player ever. But he didn't become the best player ever until he beat the 73-9 and Warriors, came back from 3-1 to beat him. That's when he became the GOAT, right? All right, so how far away from are we from saying that Kevin Durant's the second best player? Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, he's a better scorer than Michael Jordan. He's seven foot, makes any shot. Probably a better facilitator on offense. And probably a better defender. He's seven foot tall. Can guard anything. He's basically a point guard. And also, his wingspan is probably longer than Michael Jordan. So, yeah, condoms are condoms are for Sam Tripoli because fuck that guy. All right, I'm out. Well, I'll say this. First of all, um, I am a strong proponent of this is the best the NBA has ever been, and it's not that close when you compare it to eras. So being the best player now, like LeBron James is, far and away, makes you the best player of all time. Now, where Kevin Durant stands in the in terms of, first of all, in terms of talent, yeah, I think that that's I think that I think we've already answered that question. I think he he is that guy. But there is So the thing with LeBron James, the the reason that the argument to me is done is it's not about how many titles. It's about showing that you can get over that hump. Like to me the reason Dan Marino isn't in the the quarterback conversation is because not only did he never win, but he his playoff numbers are trash. So you have to show that you have that ability. Yeah. Unfortunately, and yes, LeBron James joined the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were an eight seed the year before. They lost in the first round. He is the reason that the Miami Heat won multiple championships. LeBron James and only LeBron James. He is the reason. Kevin Durant joined a 73-win team. So Kevin Durant's legacy is already forever in question because of that, because he made it to a finals. And granted, it's the same thing I say about LeBron James. is like I don't take anything away from Kevin Durant for losing an NBA finals to LeBron James because, man, it's first of all, it was it's tough. You're young. You're playing the best player in the world. That did not in any way to me diminish what Kevin Durant has done. But that's the only finals Kevin Durant has made until he joins this Warriors team. So 
to answer your question, I guess in terms of talent, I already think he's there. In terms of his ability as a player, I already think he's there. In terms of his legacy, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you're one of those guys who's just like, rings greater than everything, then I guess uh, Kevin Durant's got to win three to get on LeBron James level, and then he's got to win six to crack the top ten all time. Like, I don't know. Like, these people who are just ring people, I, I, I just can't. I, yeah, I mean, in terms of talent, I think it's already pretty obvious. I mean, he's no Jordan. Because why? As, as far as defensively, I mean, Jordan was... Defensively, Kevin Durant is a shot-blocking seven-footer. But has he been, like, all... The, 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 the Jordan defense thing has to be... Cut. I mean, I guess I don't want to go too too much into this. We've done it every fucking episode for a while. But the defensive Jordan thing, first of all... Jordan played with another dominant wing player. Another dominant wing defender. Scottie Pippen was only in the league to begin with in the first place. Now, his game obviously grew once he was in the NBA, but he was only in the league. He was only drafted out of college because he was a lockdown wing defender. He guarded the best player on other teams. Jordan, when you look at the matchups Jordan had, especially in finals, like the Hersey Hawkins, the fucking Jeff Hornacek's. Michael Jordan, what Michael Jordan was great at was stripping the shit out of the other shooting guards in the NBA in the mid-90s. But let's keep one thing in mind. The other shooting guards in the NBA in the mid-90s, after Jordan, who are we talking about? Clyde Drexler is like two? Then Reggie Miller? Then... Mitch Richmond, where, where are we going from there? Is is Hornacek five? Like the the daily the daily domination of like a Kendall Gill to me doesn't really make you a fucking like oh did you see what he did to Ronaldo Blackman four steals against Ronaldo Blackman today? I gotcha. Well, look, we have a couple calls and I, and I know we want to get this under our two hour time limit. Can we get to the last two calls? Do do nine one six. I, w- I want to get Prano. I want to get. I, w- I want to put him on blast here for a minute. Hey boys, uh, listen to Prano talking uh, Ruther into wearing the L chain on the uh, Jordan Lebron thing. Uh, I have a, a little bit of an interesting um, clip of an old show. This show was dated. 310 of 2016. Let me play the clip for you here. If you're a Cubs fan and you go on there and say, you know, the Cubs are going to win the World Series, I completely approve of thousands of dirtballs coming into the thread and saying, you're a jackass. Um, your pitching staff still has Lester and fucking Lackey as two and three. And if you think the Cubs are going to win the World Series with that pitching, you should fucking kill yourself. I'm okay with that. But when you say you're... Uh, so, I think Prano needs to, uh, wear the old chain on that. Cubs went on to win the 2016 World Series, and, uh, I never heard any, uh, taking the L on that, so, Prano, L chain, Ruther, I got your back. Oh, shit! Uh, 
Yankees, Lakers, and Cowboys. Well, well, now, well, I'm going to answer this because— I have a hot take on it, too. Yeah. Now, I, what I learned during the uh, intern battle— was EJ doesn't remember anything that ever happened on uh, the show. Like, he didn't even fucking, he didn't know, can't wait. Trevor, one of the reasons I think Trevor dominated, I think Trevor did retain a lot of the stuff here. Yes. Trevor, do you remember where my anger came from in the Cubs, in that Cubs debate? If it, anything, I think it stemmed from, like, Cubs fans. Yeah. Cubs fans. Do you remember, do you remember, does anybody, do you remember what I was angry about? Ruther? Well, he said that one's from March. That would be the start of the baseball season. Yes. For sure the fans, but Jason Hayward. And not all, spending and on, and pitching, on pitching. Not spending on yeah. pitching and instead spending on fucking Jason Hayward. Yeah. Which I stand by to this day was a reckless decision. The year before, they got swept by the New York Mets for not having power pitching. Then the New York Mets lose all four of those fucking dudes. You spend on Jason Hayward, and you you roll to the World Series. Congratulations! It was still a reckless decision. How are the fucking Cubs doing? Are they in third, fourth? Well, well, look. Here's what I want to say. Now we're talking about these retroactive wearing the L chain, which which I don't know how I feel about that because the L chain didn't kind of like this Matt Patricia thing. The L chain, not that it's good. Actually, that's a terrible analogy. The L chain didn't exist. Okay, so. What I guess this caller is one because it's not like I asked you to wear the L chain, right? So, so I am a little confused by the Ruther, I got your back, which I appreciate, but I didn't tell Joe to wear the L chain over the yeah. Cubs thing. Like, uh, that's kind of what I'm gathering. Is that is that right? Yeah. The assessment, yeah. Is that you, you talk shit about the Cubs? Yeah, that, I mean, let's be honest. We would have to get a Browns jersey with an L on it with Manziel on the back. You just have to live in it for a year, <laughs> like. The thing is, we say a lot of shit on this show. Right. And I, by the way, I like when you guys bring old stuff up. I have no problem yeah. uh, personally calling me out on dumb shit I've been completely wrong at, on, which is a lot of shit. Yeah. And I know that. Anyway, can, do we have time for one more call? Do we think, Trevor? Let me see here. Yeah. Let's let, now this last one, I, I have, I, I'm trying to, I'm actually looking out for Trevor. It's some serious shade at Trevor. We don't have to play it. Prano's laughing over there. I'm laughing because, like, I mean, does no one call the shade for you anymore? Or you just, like, you just delete it? No. <laughs> this, no, I'm telling you, this call is pro. I mean, we remember a couple weeks ago, Trevor, when the rundown was, like, shade of Trevor, shade of Prano, shade of Trevor, shade of Trevor. It was four calls in a row with nothing but shade towards both of us. Look, guys. Last two calls have been nothing but Ruther praise. The title of this call, it's literally, literally titled... Ruther Love slash Trevor Shade. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, unbelievable. I need some love now. Can I'm we getting... train? Can we train one of these interns to listen to calls? Getting... This is the one thing Ruther's never going to give up. No, He's I gonna... heard it. I already heard it. I already know what it's about. I haven't heard it. I know what it's about. I let him in pre-show. It's not like I'm. Bl- no, he did get. He was like, we don't have to play it. And I was like, pre-show. We gotta, we gotta I, play. I even, play it. I even play told it. Trevor. Trevor deleted it. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint up in Santa Cruz. First off, let me just say I like Trevor. I'm glad he's back. Um, I like what the interns bring to the show. But, man, Trevor sounds like a little bitch when he gets all defensive over any little dig or criticism that comes his way. You know, people like to talk shit. Talking shit is fun when you're with your friends and whatever.
whatever, but it's not fun when one of them takes it too seriously and overreacts and gets all bitchy. I mean, it seems like Seth, Trevor needs to get all that sand out of his vagina, like for real. Uh, Ruther laughs off a lot of shit that gets thrown at him constantly. He usually does a pretty good job of shrugging it off, laughing at it, keeping the show moving, but Trevor throws a hissy fit like nearly every episode now, and he's probably going to lose it when he hears this, but um, Andy, big up yourself. Uh, you know, Andy doesn't get enough credit. He works super hard. He's pretty funny most of the time. <laughs> uh, he's like, he couldn't even sell that when without. it comes to just balancing everyone, keeping the show moving. Um, anyway, I'll stop rambling, but big up my boy Andy. Condoms are for Trevor's sandy vagina. <laughs> you guys need to get a shop back and suck all that sand out. Get it together, Trevor. Wow. Uh, but for real, love you guys. Peace. So you started out with a little Trevor love, lubed you up. Then, then threw some sand in there. I just, I literally got nothing for him tonight. I know he probably wanted me to go off, be sensitive. I ain't got nothing for him. You're tonight. tired tonight. I can tell. I'm a little tired tonight. Trevor, I'm a little tired. Do you have siblings? I do not. No, Ray's only child. Only child. See, I have a theory. I have a theory that when you have brothers, you you're less sensitive. I don't think Trevor's like super sensitive, but I think when you have brothers, all you do is get shit on all the time. And that's why Ruther t- Ruther has four brothers, so Ruther just gets shit on constantly still to this yeah. day so you're less like used to it yeah. i'm the same way i and i and i know people like they get like you're like what the fuck and i'm like what i, we're, I thought we were just shit talking yeah and uh i don't think trevor like i listened to the last episode and uh i don't think trevor was like being you know salty vagina sandy vagina <laughs> about it but i but i understand how sometimes it comes off too where you're just like I mean, there was a 10-minute conversation about, like, how much time you guys get to rebut what we're saying. And I was like, oh, that's a little, sounds sensitive. Trevor, do you want your one-minute, 30-second rebuttal? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Trevor's got nothing to say. Oh, man. Huh? It's all good. But but I appreciate all those lovely compliments. Of that course. You, that you, that I'm going to start screening calls from now on. Now I got the Skype fucking log here. I've, had, sc- I've been had the Skype log, so I should have been screening calls. You can screen away, Trevor. That's what I'm saying. I should have. But let me ask you, would you have played that if you had screened? Yeah. I'm always going to play shit. It's always funny. I agree. I, I think it's always good. It's always I, good. To- I know Trevor well enough. He would have played that. Mm-hmm. Now, If I didn't just come up with two-a-days... Sandy might be his new nickname, <laughs> but I like two days a lot. Yeah, and, and and Trevor's handling it well. I'll give him that. I mean, let's be honest. If we're gonna toss shade, we really should toss shade towards EJ not knowing can't wait. Yeah. Did you that, almost die? No, because at that point I was sur- like, I I wasn't even surprised that he didn't know major league, but I was blown away. Like the, you guys gave him twelve hints. Trevor's like it's the name of the league. He's like major. He's like major leaguers. What the fuck is that? Like I don't know, man. All right? You didn't even. You hadn't even heard of major hey, league. You know how you're saying earlier, Matt Patricia. Look, I'm owning this. Yeah. Up front, anytime anything I get hired on from now, I'm like, look, yeah. I really fucked up on the interns game. Yeah. All right, let me be real with you guys. But you know, I'll own it. It is what it is. Well, there, there were some good ones. It wasn't Shabelli, but it was. It was close. <laughs> Well, guys, those are the calls. The hotline is 310-359-8365. And, yeah, we'll do calls as often as we can. Prano, what do you got going on? Uh, JoePrano.com for shows. A uh, bunch of good stuff coming up. Uh, I've I've put them all out there. So just go to JoePrano.com. we got Tahoe coming up soon. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Yeah, that's it. Cool. 
at Dirty Sports for uh, or at the Dirty Sports for us at Andy Ruther DirtySports.com. Again, YouTube, we're putting it all up there. Follow my lovely and talented interns, right? At Trevor underscore Nickel, at EJ Gomez. Yeah, guys. And shout out to everybody who did come up and support in the Bay. Thank you guys all for coming out. It was a great weekend of shows. Yeah, and go tweet at Ricky Williams again. At Rick the Laureate. Do it. Right now. Do it. Tweet at him. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>